And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you're having a great week. Uh, big show today. Big show today. I was joined by my friend Aaron Bandler. Uh, we talked uh, We talked Iran. Uh, we answered the million-dollar question, are we going to war with Iran? Uh, yeah, we talk all things Iran. It's a very Iran-centric show today here on the No Gimmicks Podcast. Hopefully you enjoy it. Uh, before I get to Aaron, uh, guys, follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play. If you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and, get, and a good review. I'd really appreciate that. And if you like what you're hearing and want to get involved, hit us up over on Patreon, patreon.com slash Podcast. All right, without further ado, here's my chat with Aaron Bandler. All right, guys, we're here with my friend Aaron Bandler. Aaron, my brother, how you doing? I'm doing pretty great. How about yourself, man? I'm doing good. So, uh, hey, man, for today's magic trick, the audience will now listen to you and I transforming into Middle East experts. You ready You ready for this? I, I hope everybody prepared <laughs> yeah, themselves for our, our long history yeah, of being I'm... Middle East policy experts. Well, if, if Ben Rose can do it, then we can too. That's true. That's a good point. You texted me that last night. You're like, hey, look, we know more about the Middle East than Ben Rhodes, and he was the deputy, what, what NSA, I think, National Security Advisor, and he knew nothing. He probably yeah, couldn't point yeah. to Iran on a map. So I think we're definitely more qualified <laughs> yeah. than that son of a bitch. So, all right, let's jump right into Iran. Uh, last night, I, Iran responded to the American drone strike that killed their top general, Soleimani, last week. Um, the Iranians fired 15 missiles at military installations in Iraq. All missiles missed their targets. No Americans or Iraqis were killed. It's over. We're not going to war with Iran. Iran back down. Your thoughts? Um, I think everything about this is is fantastic on so many levels. Uh, firstly, it's it's a wonderful thing that Qasem Soleimani is dead. He's killed. And the Pentagon estimates that. He killed over, over 600 Americans um, in the Iraq War. A lot of people who have lost, who are, who are killed or, or, or have been um, maimed or, or, or become disabled as a, as a result of the Iraq War have, have, lar- have probably been that way because of Soleimani's work. Yes. Um, and of course, yeah. he, he has been a key figure behind um, these very, Iran's aggression in the Middle East, particularly in Syria. Um, so, despite what Colin Kaepernick thinks, uh, Qasem Soleimani <laughs> is responsible for, for for the deaths of a lot of brown and black Muslims, more so than the U.S. ever has or ever will be. Um, and so now, and then, of course, on Thursday night when that happened, everyone was like, oh my god, it's World War Three. what's gonna happen? Trump has bubbled us into a war because, he, because he's trying to distract from impeachment. Um, it's actually a thing, it's actually actually a thing that both Ilhan Omar and George Conway have espoused with George Conway. It was actually his pinned tweet last night. I don't know if it still is, but I know that the guy is mentally ill and a grifting hack. So, you know, we should pray for him. (laughs) Um, but I, um, I feel a lot better about us talking about 
um, foreign policy when you juxtapose our knowledge with people like George Conway and Ilhan Omar. <laughs> exactly I mean, right. <laughs> maybe we, maybe we are maybe we are qualified to talk, but you know now that you mention it. We're overqualified to talk about Iran. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. To... <laughs> yeah, look, like, man. And like we've talked foreign policy a lot, you and I, in this podcast over the over the last yeah. few years. And I mean, you know that I'm I'm pretty libertarian. Um, you're a lot more hawkish than yeah. I am on, on the Middle East. Mm. I I don't understand the backlash. I mean, I understand it. I understand Trump derangement syndrome, and I understand it from Democrats. It is funny. I mean, Democrats have been like warmongers for the last decade and then now they're all like pacifists it's like okay guy hey hey man hey hey when obama was dropping thirty five thousand bombs a year when obama uh you know killed an american citizen in a drone strike without due process silence but now when trump kills a terrorist you're all mad about it it's like okay i i see what you're doing here but i mean even from the libertarian perspective man there's really nothing to complain about here we took out one of the world's worst terrorists uh, you know responsible for estimates somewhere between 500 and 1,000 U.S. deaths. You know, Iran responds because they had to respond. They had to, you know, do their whole saber-rattling routine. You know, this was never going to become a war. This is not going to become World War Three. This was not going to become a ground war in Iran. I mean, anybody who, who said otherwise is either re- just mentally handicapped or they're lying to you. I don't understand. I don't understand the libertarian response. I don't understand the non-interventionist response. Like, Trump is a non-interventionist. He does not want to get us into war with Iran. What the hell were people thinking when they were losing their minds for the last, what, four or five days? I mean, there's been, like, this common for years. I mean, dating back to when the Ayatollahs took over Iran in 1979, there's been sort of this mindset coming from... You know, the, coming from the establishment in Washington, D.C., that Iran has to always be met with appeasement. Um, and it's been it's been that way for if, if, that, that's been a bipartisan mindset for years. I mean, you know, for for all the uh, for the for the I know there's a perception that George W. Bush is a warmonger, but he was actually like very um, dovish when it came to Iran. You know, and of course, Obama flat out bri- tried to bribe them uh, to, to make these terror activities. And of course, that didn't work. Um, so I think Trump is giving a different perspective now to Iran. Like he's actually, hey, we are going to reestablish our deterrence and, and, make, and make it clear that if you attack American military personnel, we're going to end you. And and so when when our embassy was attacked in Iraq last week, it was done largely through Soleimani, and it sounds like Soleimani was going to launch more attacks. And so Trump was like, "Yeah, no, you're done." And so, boom, Soleimani's dead. And then Iran, and now Iran is clearly terrified because they know that if they kill any Americans, then then that regime is done. Like just right. poof. Right. And that's the thing. Like, make no mistake. The earth. <laughs> I, I already said this, but just for everybody listening, make no mistake. Iran did back down. Like, Iran knows the position that they're in. They made sure that they did not kill any Americans. They obviously could have if they wanted to. Okay, we have dozens and dozens oh, of yeah. military in- installations all over Iraq, all over Afghanistan. They could have hit any of those targets and killed Americans if they wanted to. They made the conscious decision not to. They did back down. 
which is smart. I mean, look, these people are not ISIS. I mean, they're evil. They're just as evil as ISIS, but they're not. They're not these, like, maniac jihadists that want to kill all non-Muslims on Earth like ISIS does. Okay? That's not them. They they want one thing. The Ayatollah and the Mullahs want one thing. They want to stay alive and they want to stay in power. And the only way they can accomplish that is if they don't kill Americans. So, like, they did the the smart thing here. They've been in power for, you know, like you said, 40 years now, 41 years now. And, you know, if they were retarded, <laughs> if, they, if all they wanted to do is kill <laughs> Americans, they would, they'd be dead by now. So they, they made the right decision to de-escalate this. They shot their little rockets that missed, you know. Um, and, but they did back down, and, and thank God for that. President Trump just got done addressing the nation from the White House. Um, a couple things stood out to me. It was a very short, you know, five-minute speech. It was real basic stuff. Uh, anything jump out at you uh, from Trump's address? Well, firstly, as we talked about before the show, his line about those rockets being bought and paid for by Obama, fantastic. It's so <laughs> true. It's just important. It's just, any time to bash Obama and Ben Rhodes over Iran is just, I love it. I love oh, it. Oh, man, Ben Rhodes, because... ben Rhodes is just, oh. Yeah, let me read the exact quote, because uh, it was great. Uh, quote from the president. Uh, the missiles fired last night at us and our allies were paid for with the funds made available by the previous administration, unquote. Ouch, Ben Rhodes. Oh, just kick Burn. him down. Oh, Burn. just keep hitting him. Keep it's, hitting him, Trump. Like he's, just keep hitting him. It's like Ben Rhodes is already in mourning over over the loss of Soleimani, so it's like it's, it's basically like Ayatollah's injury to him at this point, which is great because he, because he deserves it because he admitted to lying to the media in order to get through his precious Iran deal, which gave $150 billion to a, a terror regime, and then another $1.7 billion in a ransom payment again, to an evil terror regime. So, but Ben Rhodes is just such a smarmy asshole on Twitter. Like, I am sorry, but every time he no, tweets, he like, I, I'm just like, oh, God, shut up and delete your account. And so that's why I, I just get so happy when I see, like, everyone just, like, taking turns dunking on him. It's so great because yeah, Ben Rhodes happen. is awful. It couldn't uh, happen to a better guy. I mean, it's he's made a career for himself being wrong about everything all the time. I mean, like, Yeah, it, just like Joe Biden. Yeah, right, right, Joe Biden. Yeah, I, I really, I'm, I'm done being lectured to on foreign policy by Joe Biden. Joe Biden, uh, if anybody wasn't aware, was actually the only member of the Obama administration that did not want to take out Osama bin Laden. He tried to advise President Obama yeah, but... not to kill bin Laden, but because he didn't want, uh, you know, blowback from Muslims. Well, really? Fuck blowback from from Muslims. If we're going to take out the, the most wanted man on earth, we're going to do it. Like, oh my goodness. So, yeah, Biden has been consistently wrong about everything his entire career, too. Um, and so to, 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 to two things about that real quick. Um, the first thing is, of course, now Biden is denying that this has happened, but it's true. He said it on video. Like, come on. I, I, like, obviously, Biden has always been a serial liar, a serial, a serial plagiarist, too. <laughs> but that's beside the point. Um, number two, um, I actually remember reading back in like 2012, like the Washington Examiner obtained um, these uh, emails, or, or these correspondences between members of Al-Qaeda and, uh, during that um, election season. And apparently, like, they wanted Joe Biden to be president because, like, yeah, this, this, this guy's an idiot. Like, we, we can walk all over him. So I think like if Trump if Trump does face Biden in the general election, all he has to do is like find those correspondences and just run them as an ad over and over again, and just and just say like you know it's been paid for by by, by the Trump for 2020 campaign election campaign because you know if Al Qaeda wants to as president, 
that's uh, um, not a good thing. <laughs> that's not great. That's that's not that's not great. Yeah. So just overall, yeah. like my 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 overall just summary of the last week regarding Middle East and Iran. The Trump administration the Trump administration killed one of the most wanted terrorists on earth. They avoided getting involved in any kind of drawn out military conflict. There has been no U.S. casualties or Allied casualties at all. Also, this made the press once again look insane, right? <laughs> like they, uh, yeah. they, they forced the Democratic Party to side with Iran. Um, they've made CNN and MSNBC basically run Iranian propaganda for the last week. Trump killed a bad guy. Uh, yeah, that was... He avoided especially, another especially war. Right. Yeah. A bit, but like the Trump kills a bad guy avoids a war and makes the press look like idiots. I mean, this is, I, I kind of like this Trump character, man. <laughs> I'll tell you what, yeah. the guy's really grown uh, on I mean, I, this, this whole situation has played out perfectly for the Trump administration. I don't know how you could view I this agree. as anything other than a, a major win. I, I mean, he basically owned Iran and the Democrats and the media all like in the same week. Like what, what could be more badass than that? <laughs> And I don't know. I don't know if this. I'm not one of these guys that constantly thinks Trump is playing 4D chess and he's some, you know. Yeah, no, me neither. Some, you know, genius or whatever. But these things keep working out, man. <laughs> like it's it's yeah, hard. Yeah, you know, to, it's like you, you have to hand it to him. He keeps comp- making major accomplishments, man. Look at you know El Baghdadi dead a couple months ago. Soleimani dead now. He's avoided new wars. There's less troops in the Middle East now than when he took over. It's, I, you know, I, I, like I wish we would pull out of Afghanistan. That's my major gripe on foreign policy. I don't think we should still be in Afghanistan. So I'm going to keep hammering. I'm going to keep kicking that dead horse, <laughs> you know, as, as long as we're still there. But <laughs> overall, that point. I, I will. But overall, I'm, I've been pretty pleased with, with Trump's foreign policy. It's, it's hard to pick apart. I mean, you can like. You know, Syria, Afghanistan, you could pick apart, you know, some of these these minor points. But, man, we've had a lot of major wins the last few years. Uh, Soleimani being killed. Yep. Maybe chief among them, to be honest. And I think he was actually more right, of a I mean, threat than, than Baghdadi was. Right. I, I mean, I think that probably is up there. I think, of, of course, uh, leaving the Iran deal and reimposing sanctions on Iran has been huge on so many levels. Because now, in Iran, prior to the Trump administration— was emboldened. They were they were a major aggressor in the Middle East. They were calling the shots on with Russia, and now like that 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 economy is teetering. Um, there there are a bunch of anti-Iran protests happening in Iran, so has still happening and happening in Iraq now too. Since Iraq has become sort of like an um an, a satellite of the regime now, um and um and now and now especially with the Soleimani, that regime is scared for its life. You know, like that was not a thing that happened under Obama. And of course, we even got we got into how good Trump has been for Israel. Um, Absolutely. I mean, that, that is a reason why that's the reason why, like, why the vast majority of Israelis love Donald Trump and why there's now a street name after Trump in Israel. You know, right. I mean, right. I, I never thought in my lifetime I, I would ever see um, the embassy move to Jerusalem. Um, I know. And every president, yeah. Every president promised it since Truman, and, and nobody did it, you know? Right. Um, and and also, with the same mindset Trump was taking to, with Iran, which is what was ending the spice of appeasement, he's applied it to the Palestinians, too. Like, he's, he's finally bucked the trend of saying, like, hey, 
if we give the Palestinians more money, um, they'll they'll stop killing Jews. And now he's like, no, like screw you. If you're gonna keep killing Jews, we're gonna stop paying you. Like we're we're, we're gonna stop funding UNRWA, which which is which is that UN agency that basically subsidizes Palestinian terror. And and in, in so many words, um, well, like he's telling the Palestinians to pound sand, and that's great. Um, and 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 you know, obviously, Palestinian terror attacks are still a thing, but it does seem like they're ha- they're happening from from the West Bank at least with less frequency um, than they have been in prior years. Um, and that's because I think Abbas realizes that it's like you know I, I can keep inciting my people, but you know it's not going to get me what I want. You know, and, and, and of course, like there are terrorists that still happen, but it does seem like they're having less frequency. Absolutely. And I, I want to make a point that a lot of people are not making. Um, and I, I've said a million times in this podcast, I'm a single issue voter. And that issue that issue is economics. Um, and none of what we've been able to accomplish in the Middle East would be possible at all without the deregulation of the energy sector by the Trump administration. I mean, we're now a net exporter of oil. We are completely energy independent. Okay, so like in in decades past, in years past, I mean, we're we're walking on eggshells in the Middle East. We're we're constantly, you know, we we need tons of troops in the Middle East because, hey, if there's some kind of conflict between Saudi Arabia and Iran, oil production gets shut down and we're screwed, right? So we're, we're just like, we're constantly worried about that. We're not worried about that anymore. We produce all of our own oil and natural gas. We export oil and natural gas and natural gas to South America and to Europe and to Asia. I mean, that that is huge. Like, it, it can't be overstated how important it is that we're now energy independent. We're not worried so much what happens to Saudi oil. Right or Kuwaiti oil, like it's it's not or Iran oil de- or Iran oil or Iraqi oil. It doesn't affect us anymore. So we can start drawing down troop levels in the area. We can do things like, you know, piss off Iran by taking out you know a, a, a terrorist monster. We can do that without having to worry about the repercussions when it comes to economics because we don't need their oil anymore. So like none of this is possible exactly. without fracking, without the deregulation. Like I said, I, I said this when the tax cuts were passed. Tax cuts are great. The deregulation has been the star of the Trump administration and none yeah. of this in the Middle East is possible without it. It's Yeah, and the the, the unsung hero a part of the Trump administration for sure and it's worth noting that that fracking hurts hurts Putin too. You know, if I was talking about Trump being like, ooh, he's a Russian bot, like he's, ooh, he's a Putin puppet. It's like, well, actually, like all these actions he's been taking lately have been directly harming Putin's interest. Yes. You know, because Putin, make, Putin makes a lot of his money through oil. You know, like he, he certainly doesn't want to see America to be energy independent. You know, Russia is signatory to the Iran deal. Um, so, and, you know, Iran is allied with Russia, you know. So I'm sure Putin's seeing this and being like, well, damn it. Like, <laughs> Like it's not the Russian. This is not the Russian asset I thought it would be. <laughs> yeah, he's the worst so, Russian asset of all time. Is seriously the the one troubling thing uh, out of this whole Iran ordeal is how quick the Democrats and and you know non-interventionists, you know my fellow non-interventionists, and how everybody was so whipped up into a frenzy so quickly for no reason. That is troubling. I mean, if people can be just frothing at the mouth, I mean, it is in, in, but... hysterically, immediately. I mean, all we did was we killed a terrorist, and everybody's talking about how the government's going to bring back the draft, 
really? Really? Yeah. Come on. Well, one, you don't have to. Everybody <laughs> talking about <laughs> being drafted smokes weed every day. So, you know, look, I, if they bring back the draft, I'm very confident in my ability to fail a drug test. So I, I don't think the military would want me. But <laughs> it's like just the fact that these people were whipped up into a frenzy for no reason immediately. Obviously, it goes down to the press. It's the press's fault. But people are so impressionable. They're so scared. They're so susceptible to fear-mongering. It's like that is scary going forward, just for the future of the country. It's like these people have to be smarter. You have to be smarter than that. Even yeah. people on the right, like well, I'm seeing libertarians and conservatives who are you know, more non-interventionist, just hysterical. It's like, guys, stop. Like, you, you can't, not everything can be DEFCON 1, man. Not everything, you can't dial it up <laughs> to 11 on everything. So I don't know how we, I don't know how we, what we do about that. Like, I don't know how we re-educate the American people into not believing the hysterics anytime Trump does anything. Yeah, what was what was particularly amusing while simultaneously galling to me was that people were comparing the Soleimani's killing to the assassination of Archduke Franz Ferdinand right. that resulted in World War One starting. I was, <laughs> I was like, oh my god, like are you people? You people have lost your damn minds. I mean, but like, this is, I mean, this, this is Twitter though, right? I mean, every time something happens, everyone goes to France and is like, oh my God, the world's ending. You know, like I remember a couple of years ago when, when Trump was mouthing off to Kim Jong-un and be like, yeah, my butt is bigger and better than yours. Everyone's like, oh my God, World War Three is going to happen. World War Three is going to nuke us. OMG, the sky is falling. Oh you know, that's, it's like, it's just Twitter, you know? It's like people. Twitter is a funny website, but it's also incredibly stupid because there are a lot of stupid people on there. You know who 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 have reactionary takes, and they're always wrong. So, you know, I I, I really don't think Twitter is representative of, of real life. Uh, as I hope you know, otherwise I'm screwed. But the I, thing I, I really is, though, the thing is that if you look at the the press, if you look at CNN and MSNBC, it's Twitter. Like, they're just as hysterical as the morons on Twitter. Well, that, like, that's the thing. Like, Twitter so true, is yeah. Twitter's bleeding over into the real world. And that's kind of what's... Like, I've had friends and family members call me in the last few days and say, hey, are we going to... Another, are we starting another war right now? What's going on? I'm like, what? Who told you that? I'm like, I don't know, CNN? <laughs> I'm like, no! No, we're not going to war. There's no... Just stop. Everybody calm down, you know? Look, uh, one more thing before we wrap it up. I do have to mention um, a real tragedy that did happen in Iran. Um, they're they're calling it an engine failure, but it, they it, it's probably I, mean, I don't know. Obviously, it's unconfirmed, but more than likely, the Iranians shot down a Ukrainian commercial jet, a Boeing 737, um, that was leaving uh, Tehran Airport. 176 people died, including 63 Canadians, um, and this is. This was completely avoidable. I, this is this is a tragedy that that could have been avoided. I, I don't know what happened. I, I don't know why, considering the Iranians were, were going to launch these missiles, I don't know why they didn't shut down their airspace. You know, just generally, I, I don't know why this Ukrainian jet would would choose wouldn't delay their flight. I mean, it seems like this could have been avoided, but yeah, 176 people dead, mostly Iranians, uh, but 63 Canadians as well. Uh, just a, a tragedy, horrible, horrible that this yeah, happened. Sorry, I, I, don't, I don't really understand how it happened or why, but it, it is a tragedy, and definitely pray for the, the families of these 176 people. 
Yeah, for sure. It, absolutely horrific. Um, definitely some things about it seem suspicious, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I think we should just all refrain from commenting until, until more details come out. Right. And it looks like, you know, the, our, our government is not, you know, viewing this as, uh, you know, an attack on us or our allies. And it, 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 the Iranians, it looks like they, they could have, they, oof. I mean, this could have ended up worse. Like, you know, us or the Canadians or whoever else could have viewed this as right. like an attack and it could have escalated. It looks like it was a mistake and it's not going to escalate from here. But, you know, obviously it could have gone the other way. So, all right. Before I let you go, Aaron, where can everybody uh, follow you online and, and keep in touch and read your stuff and, and all that? Yeah, so follow me on Twitter uh, at Family's Banter. You can follow, you can follow me on Facebook, a uh, Facebook page with my name, and um, you can read all my stuff at the Jewish Journal, um, jewishjournal.com, on most of the latest stories. Um, yeah. Everybody follow Aaron. He's great. I'm sure he'll be back on soon. Uh, oh, one more thing, Aaron, one more thing before I let you go. Man, uh, our fantasy football season just ended. Um, you had like the best team all year. Like you, you and JJ both had really good teams, and then I didn't even make the playoffs. Which, by the way, I missed the playoffs by like a half a point, and then my team outscored all the other teams during the playoffs. So oh, that that and so, like, you were in position to win all year. You only lost like a couple weeks all year, and then freaking Ty Travis, just out of nowhere, picks up Ryan Fitzpatrick. And starts winning games and then wins the championship out of nowhere. Like, what the hell happened? Those were, magic. I, I, I expected you to win, man. You had the best team. You had the best oh, roster all thanks. year. And then it just fell apart at the end, man. It's uh, just brutal, brutal stuff. Yeah, I, just, I mean, I, um, you know, I really wasn't... <laughs> I I don't mean to sound rude here, but I wasn't able to pay attention to, the, to this league as much just because, like, I'm, I was also in a money league. Yeah, you know, there wasn't so any money, was money on involved, I didn't pay, money I didn't pay more attention <laughs> to it. Um, and, of course... In, that one, you know, I, I you know, I, I, had a, I had kind of like a, a frustrating year where, where I was like around 500, and then um, I was able to like rattle off a bunch of wins. I got four seed, eight and five, and then I lost by like 0.3 points in like the, in like the semis, uh, not semis, but but um, I, I guess what would have been the wild card round, um, by like by by 0.3, I lost by 0.3. Brutal. Um, so it's just brutal. It's brutal, man. It, 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 it's fantasy, though. That's um, that's how it goes. I know, man. I, I lost multiple games this year in both my leagues. That It was like, I, I remember I lost one in our league by like a half a point on a game that Cooper Cup had zero catches. So it's, I mean, if, like if Cooper okay. Cup, like a pro bowl receiver, would have caught one pass for five yards, I win. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, come on, that's man. Just, that's just how it works. That's how it works. All right, man. Yeah, that's how it goes. <laughs> Next year we'll have to do a money game, by the way. But uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, it, let's it'll do be good. That. It'll be good. We'll make it. We'll make it interesting. We'll have some fun. Shout out to uh, Ty Travis though for somehow just, you know, grabbing victory out of the jaws of defeat there and winning the league. So shout out to him. And, and Ryan also Fitz- a PPR PPR. Yeah, no, we already made the call. We are doing PPR. I don't know why I, I didn't do PPR. Hell yeah. Year, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll do it better next year. But all right, that's all I got for today. Sounds good, buddy. We're not going to war. Everybody calm the fuck down. I'm Brady Leonard. <laughs> I will be back on Monday. No gimmicks. Um,